The Red Wings are back in playoff race out of nowhere. Is it, what's it like the Undertaker meme where he like just rises out of the coffin? Yeah, it's a it's a good one. Thank you. I'm not a big WWE <laughs> guy, but I thought I'd throw that out there for anyone who likes WWE. Me. Me I'd love either. I'd love to get into it. I'd love to get into it though, personally, but I feel like it's a little late in the game. <laughs> I'll stay away. <laughs> You'll stay away. Um I'll yeah, stay well, away. <laughs> welcome into another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. Yeah, we're here to talk about well the last two weeks because it's been been a little over a week since we last chatted. Uh, lots of stuff. Yeah. I mean, we ate All Star break. Um, again, if I hear Dylan Larkin's heater being attributed to his All Star performance, I will lose it. <laughs> it's it's that's en- it's enough. It's enough. I like. I don't know. Did you watch a single second of it? I know this is old and like every podcast started with this last week, but did you watch a single second of the all-star game? I did not have anything going on. So I did watch mm. a little bit of, of the games, not the skills competition, just like the games. And I wasn't disappointed. I should say, because I had very, very, very minimal expectations. I was just watching to watch something um, I mean, I, the first game between the Central and the Pacific was absolutely mind-numbing because it was so boring. Um, and then the Atlantic was at least somewhat entertaining because Larkin and the Kachuk brothers were both were all going try hard. <laughs> they wanted I mean, an extra like hundred k or whatever. The other reason why you enjoyed it so much is your options between that and watching paint dry. So you just took cho- the less of two evils. Yeah, it was that or <laughs> watch the senior bowl for football. Oh, yikes. yikes. Yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah, which isn't the most fun thing to watch. No. No, I watched. I tuned in for Dylan Larkin's fastest skater lap and I could see how hard he was trying. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's enough for me. Thanks. Yeah. And I don't blame him as Kel Carr wiped out earlier. He didn't he didn't try on it last year either. I, don't know I know, yeah. He, and and we'll talk about his one goal this week. When you look at when you look at that straightaway speed, it's like, okay, so he so he is like fast. Yeah. He just chose I not I, I mean McDavid didn't even want to partake in it. I mean you can yeah. see why. Like you're moving that fast and you're taking these turns like there's a good chance, like, and also probably a ten percent chance you trip. Think about like back in the day, like when when like we playing would get bag skated and we'd be doing like the full circles. How chewed up does that corner get? Like when we're doing oh, yeah. it, let alone let alone NHLers trying to go as fast as they can around a corner. You catch a divot, you're yeah. done. Yeah, you're toast. I know. I heard the idea floated around about going like a straightaway speed one, which I I, I wouldn't be opposed to. But then again, it's the question of can they slow down fa- fast enough. Before the boards, like yeah. what's the what's the length? It's just there's not a there's not a long enough ice surface to do like full on straightaway speed. You'd have to get like almost like a on a lake. Yeah, right. Right, because it's not like a forty I yard. It's not like a forty yard dash or anything. Yeah, because I mean you could do quickness, but then you're gonna want to be stopping at like the hash marks so they have time to stop. Right, yeah. but then you're not getting full, a crazy amount of strides in there. 
and again, like I have so many like better ideas. Like, um, I like Marty Ferg should be in every NHL All Star game. I don't care that he's in the AHL. I want to see the dude with the hardest shot be in the hardest shot. True. Or like he comes in as a celebrity uh, and like someone has to try to top him. You know what I mean? Like he has a harder recorded shot. You come no, in and try to beat it. That'd be cool. It should like be a, like a celebrity instead of like an actual celebrity. It should be like celebrity, but it should or be that dude in the that... HL who had the fastest lap. He was yeah. cooking the Hershey player. He's I don't from, can't remember his name. Western Michigan alum. Um, yeah, shout out. Just graduated from there. I think it's his rookie year. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? He was sick in college. Yeah, he signed an AHL deal, and people were surprised. I know people, I guess the Wa- Washington now is, like, on alert. They're like, okay, we're going to sign an AHL deal now. Which, I mean, good for him. That's cool. Yeah, I can't think of his name. I can't I think of his name either. But, um, yeah, I also Nick Suzuki winning Chipotle for life when there's not in Quebec is super funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> it's like, what I is mean, he? I, mean, I think he's, like, a Toronto area guy, so I guess he can enjoy it in the summer. But still, like, when you would be crushing it the most, he's nowhere near one. Yeah, that, that's like I'm trying to think. Awesome. Even like if you drive like south, like it'd be like New Hampshire, it'd be like the closest one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I suppose we should talk some some Red Wings hockey. That's for sure. Uh, since All Star break, it's Ethan Frank. That was gonna bug me. Ethan Frank. There we go. Yeah. Good for him. Western Michigan. Yeah, that's uh, good stuff. Um, yeah, so a couple games since or four games since we last recorded, um, three, one, three and one and all games, I think again, the Edmonton game, the score kind of seems, it seems like it was more lopsided than it was, but I didn't think it was Huso's best game. And overall, the Reddick did their job. They shut down McDavid, shut down dry and the power play only went one for four, which doesn't seem that impressive, but considering Edmonton's power play like, operates at like a 33% clip pretty good i was happy with the effort to say the least it wasn't as bad as it like i i thought it was a good game there long away of me saying that Uh, it was a competitive game the lack of finishing killed them again yeah Uh, agreed it's a game that you could have came up with um but after a long break i i didn't expect them to win that game no, 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 no. And I, there were a lot of a lot of good things that came from the game itself. Um, yeah, Bertuzzi getting on the board. Bertuzzi was a menace. It was his best game all year. Not even close. He played so well. Um, I mean, I haven't seen that Bertuzzi in probably about a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe even longer. But yeah, hard on the four yeah, that goal, his goal, uh, great work by Larkin, and then Raymond with a really nice pass. Yeah. Really nice pass. But yeah, there's three posts. I mean, Fabry had a post, which, oh my God, that post was so bad. Right in front, <laughs> just inches away. Yeah, that, that was really bad. Siders ripped from the point on the power play, and then Bergeron also hitting a post. I mean, it's tough. Uh, but yeah, overall, like, again, I thought, yeah, Jack Campbell surprisingly having a great performance. Yeah, since when? Yeah, I mean he's been great since twenty twenty three, I believe. Like I think his numbers are like in the nine twenty range. <laughs> he's Finally just playing. streaky goalie. He's weird. He's weird. He's so awkward. I mean his pads suck. I mean you look at his like the way he wears his gear. He looks like a beer he, league guy. He reminds me of Alex Nedeljkovic. Really? Yes. 
I don't see it. I think Alex Alex is like they're both like I feel like they're both streaky and they're both like scary. Like they could be really, really bad one night and then they could be really, really good the next night. I think a better comparison um, for, for Jack Campbell would be uh Peter Morazic. But like Peter Morazic a couple of years. I think ago. Peter Morazic is a better comparable to Alex Nadelfish than he is Jack Campbell because they're both so jumpy. Yeah, I don't okay. think I don't think Campbell's as jumpy. Yeah, I guess Campbell just kind of sometimes decides he's allergic allergic to the puck. Exactly, which just I think like Nadelkovich this... does as well. Yeah, it's weird. Um, he's been playing really good though. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'm curious if he gets to start tonight. Obviously, we're recording before the Edmonton Detroit game. Uh, again in Edmonton, so we'll we'll talk about that as there's new news pertains to that, but um. Also, the cider to Valeno goal, really good stuff from JV, who's been, again, it continues his really strong year. Must see JV. Must see JV on the third line, which we have been seeing, which is yes. a good time. Um, I don't know if this line was formed in this game, but um, it's been a, I've been a huge fan of the Perron, Berger, and Valeno line. Big Thank fan. Perron giving that veteran presence, puck protection, and being able to feed off Bergeron, who's just a menace in the corners, surprisingly, for how small he is, but he's able to shift around. And then Valeno really using his puck-carrying ability through the neutral zone as a transporter. I just think Valeno's game this year, as of late, has risen every time he's got an opportunity to play with Bergeron. Yeah. Um, they they kind of feed off each other because Valeno has that speed, like you said, through the neutral zone. And that helps Bergeron's game a lot. And they they generate lots of offensive zone time um and good cycle time too. Which well, is even when they're they're a fun group to watch. Even when in the fourth line for a short time was uh those two in Elmer. They're like Corsi four stats or insane. Which is something that Valeno got shelled in last year because he was on a line consistently with like Adam Ernie and Giovanni Smith. Like yeah. his numbers were in the forties in terms of like in terms of possession and stuff like that. Where this year, like Elmer, I, I'm only reference Elmer, but like um, Elmer is was in like the high fifties. He was easily Detroit's like best player in terms of possession. Also, you got to think about like sample size and all of that, but. Still, like that was that line was a big part of it. I'm like I remember that shift where Elmer scored against Ottawa in the New Year's Eve game was created by those yeah. two creating space, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, overall, like again, something to build off of. It definitely Campbell played Huso wasn't his best performance, but then after that, I mean, the past three games, Huso's been really good, very good. And we'll go right into the Detroit's two one win over Calgary. Um, outshot thirty six to seventeen, but. Overall, like Huso was really good, but there wasn't many like Calgary's a lot like Detroit. The way they play, they're able to defend pretty well, but in terms of generating offense there, it's just not not their game. At all. And yeah, Calgary got. Yeah, they couldn't they couldn't score. I think the expected goals against Detroit like or, or for Calgary, like for them to score was like one point seven. And they scored one. So it wasn't like I mean Huso again good game, but overall like there wasn't a lot of high danger chances against him, and that's that should be a credit as well to Detroit's style of play right now. I think it was Jay Fresh on the weekend that posted um, the charts for expected goals against at five on five, 
Detroit ranks 13th, I think, in the NHL, which is a huge, huge step from last year. I think last year they were towards the bottom five. I know like Detroit's yeah. decor is probably not like the, the sexiest on paper, but they've been doing pretty well. Yeah. And I mean, and they even went down a defenseman in this game. I mean, Jake Wallman, um, probably not his best idea to cut through the middle when you're on a one on two and Nikita Zadorov is the far side uh, defender. Yeah, that putting yourself in a pretty high danger opportunity. For, yeah, uh, especially for a guy like Zadorov. Yeah, who's a big boy. Uh, and it was a hard hit too. Both guys went down, but I mean, you could tell right away that like the wind looked like the wind got knocked out of him. Something tweaked. Luckily, he came back to play the rest of the game. But I mean, since then he's been out. Um, game time decision ahead of this, so we'll see if he plays tonight. But. Um. Yeah, definitely a play that could have been avoided, and I, usually he would. I feel like, but I mean, he'll learn next time. That's for sure. Um. But yeah, there was no goals until the second period. Coleman scores a greasy redirect, but then Larkin answers right back away with a really nice play in the power play to streak and Perron to find him. Really nice shot. Yeah. Calgary's such an interesting team. I mean, Vladar was in goal. Markstrom's been playing awful this year. Their new acquisition Huberto is has is very good like put up like similar numbers to like a Lucas Raymond doesn't have Barkov <laughs> doesn't have Barkov yeah very uh it's a very interesting year very interesting uh, I mean I love sure. I love Uberdo, but I do too I think he's a great player I think he's way better than this but it's just like the fit I don't know I don't know what the thought process was behind like bringing him in and then also having him play under Daryl Sutter yeah, like I, f- I felt that was just like a it's oil and water right there. Pretty much. Hey, yeah, what do I know? Um, but now the biggest thing in the game, which I kind of like buried the lead on, uh, Zadina made his return in this one, which super happy about, and he gets his gets his goal right away. Um, you got to be honest with me though. Uh, did you think he was gonna miss? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. So I was I was extremely nervous. That was net. a horrible two on one. <laughs> <laughs> it was a well executed. It was a well executed horrible two on one. If that makes sense. Sunquist saved that two on one. Yeah, that, that was, a was such a pass. bad. That was such a. I'm sorry. Like I'm so happy Sadina scored, and that's so good for him in so many different ways. But that was completely the wrong decision to make that pass at that time because the lane was almost completely swallowed up, and you were getting in so tight to the goalie. That if the defenseman would just lay down in the right spot, there's no way that pass gets through. Or if you'd yeah. played that any bit better. He had such a good opportunity to shoot in tight there. He could have kept or walking in. Even he could have kept walking in and made a move, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, yeah. to his backhand or even walked to the forehand because the D man was all over Sunquist. And again, um, hopefully this is like for him to like I, shut up. I should shut up. Um I'm happy he scored. Yes, I was really excited. Good. Like he looked super happy. I was, I was, yeah, super relieved because again, like for him, it's such a crucial point. I mean, he's twenty three now. Um, crucial year of his development. I mean, you saw Rasmussen last year at this age, like kind of start to find his way. Maybe this is a stepping point for Zadina. Um, yep. I know he's still kind of in a fourth line role, but again, like we've seen. I mean, Pew Suter's been playing well of late. Oscar Sundquist has been playing pretty well of late. Both those two guys have been great. Like you said, so yes, he is going to get his chance. Um, 
man, I, I can't say enough good things about Pew Suter and Sunquist though of late. Yeah, I, I totally buried. The, I forgot to mention in the Edmonton game him shutting down McDavid on that play that yeah, created a great this, game. That, create, that created the Valeno goal. Obviously, it doesn't yep. it doesn't show up on the score sheet, but yeah, yeah, that was that was nuts. But yeah, no, Suter has been very serviceable, and he was a guy we we're looking at early on. I'd be like, okay, maybe we should look to find a replace him possibly in the lineup. I know, like when it was between him, Ernie, and Sunquist, all that. And he's proven yeah. to be a pretty very useful again, big guy in the penalty kill. And then also yeah. I think he's transitioned well into being a fourth line center, to be honest. Importance of penalty kill is a big thing, and the role he has played in that. Um, I mean, I think off the top of my head, I think it was they went nine for ten in the last three games. Something like that. On the penalty on the penalty kill. So that would be or- they would be 13 for 15 if you include that first Edmonton game, too. Which, which is pretty decent. Which is good compared to the considering the teams that they played against. I mean, one against Edmonton, two against Vancouver, which those two teams in general have high-powered offense. Yes. Like, you got the likes of McDavid and Drysaddle on the ice. And then Patterson uh, for almost For almost two minutes each power play because they stay out there. Mm-hmm damn near the whole time and then you have Pedersen and Hughes and Besser yeah. shooting I mean it's it's dangerous definitely so that's I, that's that's big for the penalty kill to kind of get some good mojo going yeah I agree definitely it was uh yeah again Zadina again kind of going back to him I'm super excited to see what he can keep doing um, maybe that goal is just to springboard him and start to shoot a little more. I mean, I did see the past couple of games he's been shooting a lot more. A couple shots on that in his limited time, so happy about that. Um, and then moving on to the the last two games, kind of a kind of a back to back in a way against the same team in Vancouver. One in Detroit, one there, and uh, both games basically the same story. Detroit outplayed them, played simple, yep. really great confidence boost against a team who's spiraling and a team you should beat. Maybe I maybe I didn't expect it to be that lopsided, but again, teams you should beat, and it was without Wallman and Raymond. I also didn't expect it to be back to back. I think you should win at home for sure. Yeah, and then you're going on your starting a road trip. It's a game you would like to win, but I don't completely expect them to win. I think that's a fifty fifty game, and that's they fair. came out and they pound they pounded them, and without two of their best players that. Two of their best players down the stretch in Wallman and Raymond mm-hmm. by far have been two of their best players. Correct. But Dylan Larkin has showed up and said hello and he has, has been. The best. <laughs> I mean, he continues his, I mean, two goals in both games. I, I guess yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kind of merge the goals together kind of thing, like four goals across two games. But um, that first one opening the game in a minute. Um and again, I know people were groaning and stuff about Sharap being in the top pair again, but uh, he didn't hold back Cider at all these past two games anyway. I th- yeah, I think Cider's kind of hit a groove though. That doesn't yeah, really definitely. Who's who steps in his way? <laughs> no, and I I also give credit to Sharap. I think he's looked really good of late. Not really good, th- but good he's good for him. Looked better. Yeah, I mean the I mean him finding yeah. Cider and then also the the Berggren goal, Berggren being able to find space again just shows how smart he is. How about Bergen in three and two? Yeah. Yeah. Three goals in the two games. You're talking about Larkin, four goals in the two games. 
No, again, I, I loved. Oh my god, can we talk let's, about, actually, let's I, talk I about Johnny about, Hockey. Uh, you mean Yanni Burgers? The post game Johnny Hockey. No, <laughs> that post game interview with Larkin and Bergeron is so funny. That was funny. Uh, Trevor Thompson asking him about Jonathan Bergeron, and then and uh, Larkin being like, "That's how you pronounce it." Yeah. <laughs> You can tell Larkin's in a super good place right now. Like he was joking around like that. It's nice to see. It's fun Again, when you're winning. It's fun when you're winning, and also in a year that you keep getting constantly questioned about your contract status. And I'm sure you're a little bit wondering why this hasn't been done with your the team you're captain. I'm sure it's yep. a little frustrating at points, and so it's nice for him to have this levity at some point. So super happy for him. Super happy for him. Um, other points of this game. I mean, uh, yeah, the um. Yeah, what am I? What am I missing right now? Yeah, Larkin's second goal from Fabry and Perron. Fabry fills in, in the top unit. I think he's done okay recently. Again, Fabry's such a weird player. He's so jittery. So usually I don't love him on the half wall, but he's done. He's made some good plays, so I'm okay with it. Recently, yeah. Um, Peronic scores his his first in 21. That was a really nice shot, vintage Peronic. That was a sniz. It was great. I know Spencer Martin to me. I mean, did the Red Wings like they the Red Wings got Spencer Martin waived? Yeah, they chased Spencer Martin out of the AHL. I mean, his last ten <laughs> games, I think he's zero and ten with an eight eighty six save percentage. Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible. Did you? But like, Colin, I mean, Colin Delia, like, dude, he was yeah. undefeated going into the he, he was last five. I thought like Spencer Martin like last year when he came up in the league and he like played his first NHL start and then he strung together like four good games and I'm like, oh my. Gosh, he looks pretty good. He's actually, he's like I watched him physically. Like I'm like he's a good goalie. Well, it's kind and of the same. I watched him like a little bit this year. I'm like he is not a good goalie. <laughs> it's uh the Jeff Merrick uh saying. It's like don't trust a goalie until he's played 100 games. True. I think it's pretty big. Like you look at Nedeljkovic for example. It's, not so bad that I trust Billy Huso with all my heart. This year. I, I I think I think in the right structure, which Detroit's currently playing, I think he's the perfect goalie because he's so he's, he, he's very good positionally and his size really helps him. But like he can like sometimes he has really not the best rebound control. The, the really- thing is with who's above all goalies like he doesn't typically make the risky plays that other really good goalies do. Yeah. So he's kind of like a risk-free goalie. I feel like I mean sure he's maybe he doesn't have the best rebound control but even like playing the puck. When he plays the puck I'm not nervous. Or well, it's like Jimmy Howard. Do you were you ever nervous when Jimmy Howard played the puck? No, cuz he hardly did it. Yeah. He he did um, it smartly. He did. That's smartly. a goal, that's a goalie I'm looking does. for. Any good team should be looking for a goalie like Jimmy Howard. I mean Jimmy Howard had a couple seasons where he was probably pushing for a Vesna. But overall, you're like just like a top fi- like a top fifteen starter, maybe yeah. top ten. Jimmy Howard, maybe a little more respect, closer to ten. I'd say top ten. Yeah, that's my boy. You're talking about. Yeah, Bally Sports' very own. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, him, let him let him cook. He's gonna get better. <laughs> let this that's man my, cook. He's, he's my he's my man. He is my man. I, I like I love Jimmy Howard. And again, like during when when Jimmy Howard was like at his peak for like seven seasons. He was he was a really good goalie and underappreciated at the time. But it's Olympic goalie, Jimmy Howard, thank you very much. It is. You're right. You you Maine's very own. US Olympic literally holds an NCAA record. It's true. Um, but yeah, no, that's what I like 
not like NCAA record goalie, but in terms of like just in, like a goalie who can be a nine ten, which is uh, who's has proven he can be at long stretches this year. He had that rough stretch, but it was also with the Red Wings playing as well. I also think a lot of that stems um, on usage. He's being overused. Like he still is being overused, but I, yes. they just don't trust another guy right now. It's very obvious. Yes, uh, I'm. I'm assuming Helberg gets one of these two games coming up. I don't know if he's playing tonight or tomorrow, but I wouldn't. This is kind of. I mean, it's not a hot take, but it's just my opinion. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, over the next couple of weeks, if Nedeljkovich keeps on his little tear that he's been on. Um, if they were to waive Helberg and call yeah, maybe. recall Nedeljkovic after, like, if they think that he's gotten enough confidence, I I don't see him sitting in the AHL forever. Maybe not. I do find it interesting as well. Like since like because the Red Wings told Helberg he was okay to get new pads, and he's only yeah. played like one or two games since then. I feel like it'd be kind of shitty just be like, okay, you're gone. I understand it's a business, so. But I, I would assume Helberg gets one of these games, and I would assume he probably gets another one on the road trip. But maybe not. I mean, the spacing's kind of perfect for Huso to keep going. Besides the back to back, obviously. Yeah. It's just a, it's a tough road trip. <laughs> it's a tough I mean, road trip. I mean. I mean, who, who would you rather play him against? I mean, it's got to be probably thing is like probably Calgary because I mean for who's for who's those cal- confidence? I'd rather him play Calgary. Same. Simply but. for the fact I care more about and and the way stylistically Calgary plays, he'll face a lot of volume shots and they shouldn't be high danger. Yeah. Um, and Helberg again, and you can. But I mean, you, can you argue- probably have a better chance to win against Edmonton. If you have Huso in that, and oh, definitely you do. Halberg would probably have a better chance to win against Calgary, against Calgary than he would against Edmonton. I agree, <laughs> I agree, and that's and that's probably how it'll shake out. But me just like thinking like how Huso's been playing, I would almost like I try to give him the better matchups and kind of like okay, Halberg to the Wolves, I guess. But again, right now you're playing pretty well, pretty good hockey. Maybe you just keep going with the hot hand, and then you worry about the next game, take game by game. Yeah, which is definitely a thing. But uh, anyway, like to finish off the. Um, the Vancouver game, the the really the really big one, the six one. Um, again, Larkin two goals right away. Uh, the one goal I found, like again, I referenced his fastest skater lap, but then you look at this goal where he beats beats Pedersen in a foot race for a breakaway when Pedersen was ahead of him by probably like yeah. five steps. Larkin cooked by him, and Pedersen's not a slow guy. He's fast. Yeah, but Larkin was cooking, and that was withholding the puck. It wasn't like he got a pass like in stride. Was is him yeah. carrying the puck, which is super impressive. Beautiful goal. Like Larkin loves that. He loves the fake shot five hole slide. It's kind of like the Gus Nyquist special when Gus would play was playing for the Red Wings. Both both guys love to do that. Don't you talk about Gus? I love Gus. Not right now. I get sad. He's gonna be traded on LTIR. I know. I hope. I hope he He's goes to a team. It. I hope he goes to a team and, and does pretty well. I'm I'm excited to see him. It's going to be Tampa. Damn. I would love that. I'd actually want to root for Tampa a little bit. It's going to be Tampa. He's a good player. He's going to be such a good pickup. Yeah. Dude. Gus is a good player, man. He's not the biggest. Top. He's not the biggest. He's not the biggest point guy. I still hold on to this day. If he would have came in the NHL two two years prior, he we'd be talking about him a lot differently in terms of a player. Because I think he would have had a couple more years where he was near 60 point guy. Yeah. Thanks, Mike Babcock. Well, 
this is off topic, but who who would you want to see? Which contender would you most want to see Gus Nyquist go to right now? Tampa's a really good one, but I think the Avs. I think so he'd fit. Holes. I th- I think fun. he'd fit in. I think he'd fit in with the Avs really well. I think like style. Like he's also really good. Like he he's a guy that like he almost is like an old Arturi Lekkinen. Yeah. Because both guys are really like again, Gus is a really good defensive forward. It's something that like people don't really think about. Um, so it's something definitely to watch out for. Um, I like yeah. I like Tampa Avs and Edmonton. Oh, go back to Kenny. Yeah, I could see that happening for sure. Okay, we're gonna talk about Edmonton a little bit. Other than the Red Wings playing them, we'll talk about them a little bit. Um, but anyway, to get back on track, I suppose the six-one win. Um, did was this is the game that Gus Lindstrom scored in, right? Or was it the game prior? I can't remember. He scored. He scores every game, so it's hard for me to keep him. In yeah, it's true. As an offensive defenseman, he does, he does score quite a bit. Um, he had a two goal. He had a two point, two point performance though. Also, the assist. Yeah, it, it was this respect. game. It was this game because he assisted on the Pew Suter goal. Did you see his running PP one next game against Edmonton? I did not. I missed that. Which good, good stuff. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> poised with the puck. Hags playing right flank. <laughs> he, I mean, he's got a shot. Can't hit the net for shit, but he's got a shot. Um, I was also another thing I loved seeing was Michael Rasmussen getting to wear the A in front of his parents. Yeah, that's he's earned cool. it. He's earned it, and he's had again. He had a great game too. Two assist night, up to twenty seven points, which ties his career high in I think thirty last games. So that's yeah. again, it goes to show like how good of a year he's had. I think uh, it was uh, Prashant Iyer who posted. Um, it was um, I forgot it was goals above expected in terms of forwards. I think their, their value brought to their teams. I don't remember the exact stat, but he was top fifty in terms of NHL forwards, which is uh, pretty impressive considering where where we were on him. I guess like a year ago at this point, a little bit a little bit more than a year ago because he was starting to turn around at this point. Last year, yeah. um, Fabry also scored, made up for his goal to uh, miss against the Edmonton in the Edmonton game. Uh, like I said, Suter scores a breakaway goal. Another nice pass from Sunquist to feed him. Perfect shot by Suter, and uh, t- just a little cherry on top of Leonard to Berggrund. What a play that was! That goal was disgusting. So much fun. So much fun. And again, it was like a really long pressure because I I missed. I went to bed at this point. I only watched part of the second and I got to miss that. And I was watching the highlights the night or the, the day after and I was like, wow, that was fun. Yeah. Wish that I was... could have seen it. Electric. Yeah. Just a icing on the cake too. Six one tough one, but uh, yeah, no really great game. And again, another huge game for Huso. Like again, his save percentage is now up quite a bit. He's at like a nine Oh five now versus where he was barely staying above 900 for a little while there. And he's again, not the most dangerous games like he's played. Like there wasn't a lot of, there was a couple chances. I mean, he went two for two on penalty shots. Granted one just missed the net and the other one he saved, but still besides the point he's in position. Yeah. In position. Uh, but we got some uh, more newsy news as stuff comes closer to trade deadline. I guess we'll start in order, but um, Tyler Bertuzzi's name circulate circulating around the trade rumors right now. Um, it was reported by Merrick, Jeff Merrick on Sportsnet's 
uh, 32 Thoughts segment on Saturday night. And he linked three teams to Tyler Bertuzzi, the Dallas Stars, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Edmonton Oilers. Um, And he made sure he noted that Detroit's asking for a substantial return. So I do like to hear that. Again, Tyler Bertuzzi's been really good of late. I do think he's starting, and I think, obviously he's had such a crazy year, but I do think like more value will be put on his year last year and his current performance now. Again, you looked at it, if you were to point at, at this point last year, Nick Letty's performance, and you would have asked like what he got on the trade market, you're thinking like a third-round pick. Yeah. And he got he got a pretty substantial package. In terms of what the value is for the Red Wings now, I mean, a second-round pick, Jake Wallman, who's turned out to be a top-four defenseman. Again, he was kind of an unknown commodity, but he was a player you took a chance on. And, <clears throat> and Oscar Sundquist, who was a, a cap player you took back. But cap player and, that's a good NHLer, a good fourth liner, and it's fit in quite yep. well in Detroit's um, system. Yeah. So when you look at it that way, um, I think there's a kind of a similar path to like what Bertuzzi's worth. Maybe like maybe a little bit more, but again, like it's hard. I would say it's worth more. It's it's a little bit. He's a strange player right now. But the market's been high on him for the last like two or three years. People have wanted him because the Red Wings haven't been in a playoff position. Um, yep. I'm not sure that once again, I'm not sure that it'll happen. But I would say this is the highest chance that it does happen. Yeah, there's a lot of the feeling past years. There's a lot of feeling right now that reporters are saying that they think it will happen. Um, with the again, he also uh, Jeff Merrick also reported that there was uh, some talks earlier in the season, but they went nowhere. And again, that's kind of par for the course as, I mean, look at Pertuzzi's past couple contracts. He went to arbitration with the Red Wings, and then he also only signed a two-year deal. Yeah. Uh, granted, that was off an injury season, but um, it's still something to be noted. He's a tough player to get a read on for a contract, too, because he hasn't played. Yeah. And it's tough because I, I really love Tyler Pertuzzi. I think he's a great player. I do. Yeah. I think he's a solid top six winger. But the issue is right now, where's Detroit deepest in their prospect pool and coming up? Wingers. I just, the best wingers and left handed defensemen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I just always think about, you know, saying the best um, ability is availability. Yeah, it's true. And it's true. Uh, I mean, if you can get a significant price tag back. It's it's really strange. It depends what you want to do. Because, I mean, he's proven that he's the team's better when he is in the lineup. Oh, it's 100%. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah, you look at the records with him with him in and him out. I mean, it's two different stories, right? Yeah. He, again, and Lalone's kind of credited the depth that it creates because it just slots players properly, which I agree yeah. 100%. It, it, it truly does. I think Bertuzzi can be a first-line player on some teams, but again, I think he's more so a second-line player on a good team. It depends on who he's playing with. He's not going to carry a line himself, but I think he could be a really good role player with two other really good players. Yeah. Um, out of these three teams, like who would you like rather see him traded to? I have my answer. Um, In terms of... 100%, go, uh, uh, 100% Dallas. Yeah. Yes, that would be a lot of fun. 
for both sides. Again, I think Bertuzzi would fit in really well in Dallas in their system. I think uh, Peter DeBoer has done a really good job of opening up their offense in terms of them and shooting from a, the point big time. A lot of stuff I would not hate to see back in a package. Yes, definitely. That's my big thing, too, is Dallas has a lot of valuable assets as they've drafted extremely well for considering where they're they have. They, obviously, like a lot of assets, obviously, you got like uh, Wyatt Johnston, who's on the team right now. He's not going anywhere. Logan Stankovan has been a menace in the WHL, not going anywhere. The guys I'm looking at would be like a Maverick Bork and like a Thomas Harley. Yeah, be, and obviously left-handed defenseman, not the big, not the biggest thing, but um, a player that I would kind of count similar to Jake Wallman makes a little bit more money and has more of a reputation would be, and also fills in the cap, taking back money because it would it basically if the if the, if the Red Wings were to retain half, this would actually make the Dallas lose cap, I believe. Dennis Gurionov, someone who yeah. they, Dallas Dallas is not trusted. Ever really, and he has a high level of skill. Like I think you saw in like the the bubble playoffs where Dallas made that run. He had a couple really big games there. Kind of reminds me of like skill set of like a Marty Natchez, but it, like is not nearly as consistent. Yeah, he's he's not as put together. His shot is unbelievable, and he's also very fast. He's very fast. I think he's got like he's got like if you're able to put him in the right system and like with the right players, I think he'd he'd have a chance to pop off. Yeah. Which is like I know that's Dallas's biggest crux is why they haven't gotten rid of him is they view him as like another like oh great this could be another Detushkin situation of we give up on him and then he goes and pops off somewhere else. Yeah, but he he'd be a guy that I'd be targeting in a return because I think right now if I'm if I'm the Red Wings I'm trying to target like pro, like uh, pieces that are going to be closer to being like helping us closer to like next year versus years for down sure. like if you're, if you're getting like a second round pick great that's not helping you for four or five years unless you're using it to flip it and get for some get something else no i'm with you though like, yeah. i think that that's like kind of like the pieces i'd be like and again like not all of them would be part of it but like i think Gurionov would fit the need of like a roster play coming off and cap evening out as dallas would probably want to make another move too, maybe like another depth defenseman who knows maybe they'd want like ali mata too i feel like they'd be a team that could also use him yeah right um and then you get like a again Maverick Bork. I think is a he's a he's had a pretty good year his first year in the HL. Um, as a, he's a center prospect, right-handed, against smaller guy, which kind of fits the build of most Detroit's forwards. So I guess it is an argument there, but I really like his game too. And Texas has been a really like they're the best team in the HL. Yeah, and it goes more into to Dallas's <laughs> Dallas's drafting. They've done really well. Um, I think Edmonton would probably be next for me. Because uh, you can try to rip off Ken Holland again as the Andres Athens U trade, um, and I feel like pool party pool party would be the uh, the guy there as part as like he's, cap guy. He's the easy answer, yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, I'd want a decent amount back from Edmonton. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially if you're in yeah, he's such an interesting player. There are points where I think he's super good and super useful, and then there's others. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? There's but like, I think, I think it's obvious can... that he he needs to not be on Edmonton. Yeah, he needs a needs a new scenery, and he's a bigger guy. Agreed. Really good defensively. And if you don't view him as the former fourth overall pick, 
just view him as he is right now. I think he's a useful like third line player right now that could be higher in the lineup a little bit. If you you take it from there, yeah. you, I think you could be happy with the return. Right? He's still not old. I think he's 25 right now. So you're getting younger there. Yeah. Um, right-handed shot, which can help you. Um, I know the biggest complaints with his game are his playmaking and his, his just his plain finish ability as he's played with McDavid multiple times and hasn't really put up big numbers. But I know that he said yeah. he said some weird there were some weird reports that like he talking to finish papers and him not like getting along with McDavid, which is interesting. And it just kind of goes to show like just get him out of like they need to get him out of there. I don't know what they're and again, they're talking about waving him too, which I'd be really interested to see if he actually clears or not. Again, as we've seen with Red Wings players I've been waived this year, they've kind of they've cleared. So yeah. it would be it would be super interesting. That's for sure. Um but yeah, and then Tampa Bay would be that'd be a weird one. They would totally like they would totally do it and I would they would look really good and uh, arguably become like a cup favorite again. Uh yeah, he'd be a big piece to them. <laughs> I mean, even like like Hagel wasn't the best down the stretch last year for them, but Hagel's really been good them for them this year. Why are t- why is Tampa Bay like underrated this year? Like if you look at like down up up and down they, that lineup, they've had a bunch They've had a bunch of guys who've had really good years. Like Kucherov is like near the top Kucher- of the league yeah. story. You know, you don't hear about Kucherov at all. You don't hear about Point at all. Stamko is one of the top goal scorers again this year, and you don't hear yeah. about him. And Hagel, great. <laughs> Hagel's been fantastic. You have Sergachev, who's really found his game offensively. I still think he lacks defensive game, but I, I think in terms of an offensive defenseman, Sergachev's up there. Yeah. And again, you have you have one of the best goalies in the NHL. Like Tampa Bay will be for a long time one of the best teams in the NHL. They're yeah. not going away anytime soon. And the structure they play with is extremely impressive. Um, the only name I could come up with is like a guy who could be taken off. It'd be like Calfoot, which doesn't super excite yeah. me. That does not excite me at all. <laughs> no. So like that's like in terms of like anything else, like their picks, the pick, the pick cupboard's pretty small, and they wouldn't be getting anything up the raw ro- off the roster. There's really nothing else that like super impresses me with like their the terms of guys they have. Yeah. So that's why I think I I ultimately I would be out on Tampa. Which would be again? I think there's a couple other teams. Like I think Toronto does make sense in certain aspects. Can t- it'd be tough to see him like in division? That's for sure. I'd hate that. I'd hate that definitely. And again, I, I think Bertuzzi. I, I he he feels more so as a pure rental. I don't know if he would sign right afterwards. Maybe he would. I feel like Dallas might be a team that he would like. Like I don't know why he strikes Probably. me as like a Dallas. He strikes me as a Dallas guy. Yeah, I don't know if he would like. Uh, I feel like. I don't know if he would like Toronto. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. I feel like he's probably not, not the biggest fan of the media. <laughs> no, Dallas would be quieter than Detroit, even so that'd be kind of nice for him. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe he it's also hate, he also he also hates breakfast, so him and Sagan can skip breakfast together. True. Yes, but that's like that was the big thing. That was like the report said like with Merrick, he really linked Dallas was the one he was really like spent the most time on on that segment talking about like Tyler Bertuzzi and like they want to get I, th- I think it's, I think that's a really good fit yeah and I know people are talking about like his his again going back to like how much he's worth and stuff like that but if you look at the, the winger market right now Patrick Kane's value is plummeted yeah. Vlad Tarasenko went early to the Rangers which is another team I could have saw Detroit or like Tyler Bertuzzi possibly fitting in with um 
Pacheco going off the board early, but other than that, like other than Bertuzzi, like what other winger would you be like? This is who my team should go after. Besides Meyer, obviously, I think Meyer's going to yeah. New Jersey. But in terms of that, like if you look at it that way, I think Bertuzzi's up there. It's like your best option. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Yeah, I know Besser's there, but again, he people want Vancouver to retain salary, and it's just like okay. Across that long, like how good is he? I I I think Besser's still a good player, but I think he needs to be in the right situation. Yeah, which I don't know how many contenders can put him in the right situation. It's kind of my point. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else, number two? Z? No. And again, when, when we say this, we're talking about like his pure value and stuff like that. I I'm still like, if the Red Wings could come to a deal with him, I'd be more than happy having him come back agreed at the right price which is i'm i'm assuming goes kind of goes in our conversation the last episode he's probably asking for last year's money when when this year's a whole different story and i don't know come it's there's still so much time to come like come to it again like you mentioned he's been in the he's been in the rumor mill for years now yep and i don't know it's it seems as if like he could just keep staying. It doesn't it, there's really no set in stone thing. As we've learned with Steve Eisman, there's no we zig, he zags. In terms yeah. of the news cycle. So he doesn't have a set plan. I don't think yeah, he doesn't have a plan. He just kinda whatever comes to him that day, he's like, that's what I'm gonna do. So probably. So in that sense, uh I am excited still. Like I'm the trade deadline coming up. I know the running's been playing good of late and like I kind of mentioned they're in a in kind of a playoff race. So but again, I still think that they're being they'd be realistic about what the season is, and if they get the right offer for Bertuzzi, I think he's would be traded. The trick is, what is the Especially right they offer? They can't come to a deal. Yeah, you gotta even like I know like Maple Leafs fans will always reference like JVR at the twenty seventeen deadline when he walked after the fact, and like they how they should yeah trade. yeah I I think the red like they they'd be in their best interest to try to get value. Um, but yeah, ahead of, um, la- yesterday, there was reports from David Pagnotta, um, that saying that the Red Wings had, were going to be calling up Jacob Rana. And it was very interesting because last week, David Pagnotta was also tweeting that Rana would not be playing another game in Red Wings jersey. Yeah. So very, how the situations have kind of been going. We can get into that a little bit more, but uh, yeah, ended up being true. I did like there was a fan at the Colorado airport that took a picture with Verona and saying like I can confirm. I found that funny. Yeah, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, imagine just like you're a Red Wings fan, and be like, oh, let's take a Verona. I wonder where he's going. Oh, Canada. Um, Verona will not be playing this game uh, against Edmonton as we record tonight, unless something happens like an injury or something. But it makes sense since the team's won three straight games. Probably don't want to mess with it too much. Um, but yeah, I think, why do you think he was called up? I guess we can start with that cut, cut right to it. Um, man, it's such a speculation thing. I I have trouble with this one because it is so hard to think. I mean, there's a couple reasons either he's done what they've asked of him down there and they feel like he's ready to come back or with the injury opening up, they want to get him some looks as trade bait and to see if they can get his value up before and see if someone will want to 
take a flyer on him for the deadline. But I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Definitely. And again, I, I like you bring it up at that point. I think that's the easy way to go. Um, I know I don't like I don't really love ripping report like writers immediately after they post a story. But like titling is so important. As someone who's gotten their titles ripped before, I it's hard. I get it. But Helene St. James kind of titled an like titled an article saying how it's the perfect timing to showcase him for a trade. It's like, well, we yeah. don't even know yet. It's a little early. And I feel like you could have just done a little bit better with that, but that's just my opinion. Um, obviously she's been on the beat for a very long time, so she knows what she's doing. But anyway, um, yeah, it's tough not to see it as like you try to weigh it one option or the other. But I think there could be more to it. I think I like your point of like they asked, he did what they asked. And again, I think uh, I was listening to Derek Lalone's press conference today. It's a lot smaller because there's not like many reporters on the the West Coast trip here. But he did answer um, the Red Wings local guy, like the guy the guy who covers like writes on the NHL.com site for the Red Wings. Jonathan Mills, I think is his name. And he said something to the fact that I had a long conversation with him today. And I really liked how Ben Simon handled him in GR when they felt his effort was down. He got scratched and he worked very hard to come back. And so he called it a day-to-day process, but I wouldn't be surprised if something happens this game where the next game they he, if he figures he earns his way in. Yeah. He's also been sure. playing, again, he's kind of found his game of late. I don't think he's playing, like again, it's the AHL, and he's a guy who's played top six roles at points in his career in the NHL. Uh, but 10 points in 10 games is not nothing to scoff at, especially six goals, which for yeah. a team that struggles to score and is near the bottom of most expected goals charts. Definitely having a guy that can finish on a blink, like a turn of a dime. Definitely yeah. a valuable asset. Uh, I'm just happy to see personally that he's doing well, that he seems to be in a good place. And that's all that really matters. My opinion. I didn't love huh. like there's, um, there was all the reports last week that came out from again Dave Pagnata and then also Nick Alberga, who I'm not sure why he has sources on the thing or thinks he has sources, saying that Verona's done. Um, but then Max Bowman, I really give him props. I think this is a good time to give Max his flowers on him actually driving to GR and getting the story straight from Verona, which also like didn't really put Detroit in the best light in terms no. of how well he felt about the program, like the team, and how he didn't really know why he was there. Um, so I, some sort of lack of communication, which is something I, I think should be addressed, but it seems that they did, they liked what he was doing and earned himself a call up, but I hope it, I'm really curious to see how long it lasts. Cause again, Raymond, from what I'm like, what I kind of understand from Lalonde's press conferences, it's not a super long-term thing, maybe a week. Yeah. So the question is what, what opens up after that? And Wallman's going to be back here pretty quick, too. So there's not really like a natural option there to fill in for a roster spot. Yeah. I mean, the easy answer is one of the defensemen. Yeah, that's obviously that's what I would go to. But I'm curious if the Red Wings feel the same. I'm curious because I know like Lalone's commented like how he feels like even Soderblom could be a guy that deserves to be in the lineup at some points, which I I mean, I, I could see as well. So. Um, I'm curious what changed like from Lalone's comments because he did kind of downplay Verona's like hot streak at one point, like two weeks ago, I think it was, saying how it was of late and stuff like that and being realistic. 
and throwing Elmer's name in as well as a guy who could get called up to then going Verano over Elmer. Not saying it shouldn't be that way. I'm saying it's interesting from the way I understood it from the media perspective that they chose to go that way. Like how I, I kind of viewed Lalone's hierarchy from like just taking tidbits from his press conferences. Because again, he's yeah. very he's very open in his press conferences, which is different from Blashell. Which I do appreciate. He's very he's very frank with his answers and a very positive guy. So it was kind of surprising the way he talked about Verona at first. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad he mentioned that he had a long talk with him, and I'm excited to see what he can do in his return. And I hope he's again. I hope he continues doing like he's at his best personally off the ice. Sure, sure. And yeah, only time only time will tell if like what happens after the fact. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of wraps up. I'm trying to think of other things that has happened around the league. Um. I mean, the Red Explay, yeah, tonight against Edmonton, Calgary next night. Um, what are your expectations for those two games? Man, it'd be nice to win one of them. That's right. Um, it's tough on a back-to-back, especially on the Alberta trip. But, I mean, teams have done it this year. I mean, Buffalo early on in the season went in and won both theirs in a row and pro- in pretty dominating fashion, too. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to win one. Definitely, and continued success in the power play and penalty kill. Yeah, both have been really good of late. I'm and I've been really happy with that. The playoff picture in the East has gotten really interesting, and I'm enjoying seeing Detroit. Like again, that was the biggest goal at the beginning of the year was just be in the race. It looked like they were going to drop out for a little bit, but they're kind of back in it. I would like and to see them in the race, and yeah, until the end. Yeah, even after the trade deadline. Like once they, it, let's say they do move on from a Tyler Bertuzzi, hopefully they can keep up their their play. You have other, you have other guys step up and you can keep continuing to play. I know it gets harder, but you got you had Buffalo who's slid a couple games here, Islanders who have played a ton of games but still have like not really gained any ground, and Washington has started to slip. And obviously thoughts out to the uh, the Vetchkin family who he's lost a Vetchkin just lost his father today, but um they've been sliding too and he's not expected back anytime soon. I also did want to mention as well. I should have I should have spoke on this uh, after like before the uh, we started covering the second Vancouver game. But uh, thoughts out to all of the victims of the MSU shooting. Pretty disgusting thing that happened again. It, ha- it keeps happening in this country, and nothing really seems to change about it, which is is extremely sad. But um, it was a tough one. I thought John Keating did really well on the broadcast after being thrown to and probably not really knowing as he was doing show prep when it happened. And having to on the spot talk talk on a, such a awful subject, but I thought he handled it with professionalism, and I was I I thought it was nice to see. And Dylan Arkin and yeah. Lillon's comments after the game were great. Yep, very so, scary situation. Yeah, thoughts out to everyone affected for sure, or mm-hmm. people you know. Definitely tough one. Um, but yeah, there's the Eastern Conference again, like super competitive right now and that's right in the mix where we wanted Detroit at the beginning of the year um and any other like league storylines you find interesting right now in terms of like maybe even like the west like I know there's a bunch of teams there like the, the Pacific divisions is like an absolute dog fight but like not uh, in a great I, way yeah not in a great way no 
no, I find the, like... the, the the chakra and stuff really interesting. That oh he's yeah, that's a good about one. to get about to get traded. Now he's not traded. Same with Gabrikov too. They did the same thing at Gabrikov. Gabrikov and uh, Brant Clark gone, but he's not gone. <laughs> yeah, dude, what a situation. Yeah, Chikrin. It feels like it feels like ages have gone by since that man was like he's aged so much since the first rumors came out. He's had a great year yeah. this year though, so it's not surprising that like I I love the theory being thrown around that like the the Coyotes did it just to like get any teams that were like on the fence about it to back in the race. But it feels like yeah. L.A. I did like Frank's report, um, Frank Saravalli's report about uh, Velarde and a first being offered last summer. I know people were like, "Oh, Velarde's year that it would have been a big." Ret-. I still think they could have got more for like. I still think I think they should have said no. And Velarde's cooled off quite a bit. He's been hurt. He's been hurt. He's had a good year. I think he's a good player, but I think like in terms of a package for Chikrin, I think he, I think that they made the right choice of turning that down. My yeah. opinion. But LA, LA is uh, they're such an interesting team. I wondered if Melka is the one that's holding this up. Yeah, maybe. Like they, I think the rumor was being thrown around by Friedman that they he thought Cal Peterson was going to be the contract being thrown back to the Coyotes, and then LA would get Vemelka. But obviously, it's a big price tag. So obviously, the Coy- and the Coyotes hate spending money. So I yeah. could see why that would be a holdup. But Vemelka would answer a lot of questions there in LA. For sure. Yeah, he would. That'd be a nice little piece there, and you go, you go, Copley, Vemelka. For a while, I know Copley's been he's been fine. Definitely not answering, but Jonathan Quick is he's he's at the end of his career. Yeah, they also extended Mikey Anderson today, which was uh that was an interesting uh interesting contract. Oh, a fat extension. Fat. I I can't say I I, I feel I feel I feel fine on it. I don't really I don't lean one way or the other on it. I know a bunch of people are like, wow, that's a long time, but if you feel a guy who fits a role. Sign up for as long as you can for as little money as you can. Yeah. Which is why I'm pushing for the Red Wings to sign Jake Wallman for like a four or five year deal. Because I think he fits a role and he helps your team a lot and he hasn't proven a lot yet. So you try to pay him minimal like as, as little money as you can for as long as you can. Agreed. And I think that's like you look at any like contracts that are deemed to steal in the NHL, like that's all of them are based off of that premise. Like a John Marino. Yeah. Um, obviously Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, so on and so forth. You have a bunch of you have a bunch of names like that. That's why Buffalo's tried with Tage Thompson. That already is a steal at seven point one. Dylan Cousins' deal looks to be already really favorable if he yep. continues what he's doing. They also signed Matias Samuelson, which is like a similar deal. Again, like all the all teams like they need to be building for that. And like that's something again, referencing back to Detroit, some, something they should be looking to do. Boston's done a really good job of that few in the past. Yeah. And not to keep circling back to Bertuzzi, but I think Boston, again, not that I would love to see him in division. I think they'd be another team that would like really fit. Bertuzzi would fit in. Yeah, I think so too. Again, I don't know what we what the Red Wings would get back in that scenario, but I think like Bertuzzi would like fit in really well, and people would love him in this area as someone who lives in the area. Yeah, as he's a as he's a Marchand light. He is, for sure. Um, yeah, that's a, that's about it. I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. Think. It's super funny as an option. I know like people are questioning if the league would have an issue with it, but um, so far they haven't. I haven't heard anything so. Really interesting. 
For what? The tr- like so holding him out for trade related reasons, and and not trading him within like that day. I know like the players oh, association okay. was act- asked about it, and they said as long as the player is okay with it, then they're fine with it, which is how it should be. But again, it's still strange. Yeah. I know the league used to frown on it. I think it was like last year that it happened with um, Labushkin, I read, but he was traded that night to Toronto. Um, Yeah, very, yeah. It's a good, the league's in a good spot right now. I am, so far, I'm enjoying what I'm watching. Again, another big night for the Red Wings. I'm hoping to see another good game. But time will tell. This is the first time we've recorded on a game night in quite a while. I think we've yeah, only done it twice. Just... I think we've only done it twice in the history of this podcast. We're really usually really good about it, but our schedules have been pretty conflicting lately. <laughs> yeah, he- very hectic. Like as we haven't we haven't yeah. talked in like two weeks about it. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, super excited for the next week of Red Wings hockey. Play some big games. I mean, again, Seattle's gonna be a big one, and then traveling all the way across the country to go to Washington will be a tough one as well. As a team that's starting to sputter, like I said, but they've structurally they've been playing pretty well like they they still are a good team yeah that was another one too dylan strong extension i mean like how would you think about that one i liked it they're they're for some reason to me they, they were pretty bad before the year and now to me their forward group is pretty deep they're deep i mean man has been scratched a lot they're still missing like tom wilson ov right now mm-hmm. and then they're still missing John Carlson on the back end as well. Yeah, that was a, I mean, he literally had to get his ear re- reattached to his head. Yeah. Which is crazy. He's a great it's defenseman. Nuts. He's a great defenseman. He's really, really good. And they have a good day again. Yeah. Nick Jensen, underrated as ever. Um, yeah. Their goaltending's been really good too. Kemper and Lindgren. Yeah. I, said, I, I said at the beginning of the year, who's for the Red Wings target? It's a backup. Ignore my comments about Ned, but who did I say the Red Wings should target as a backup goalie? Yeah, I love that. I love I love picking my my good ideas when they're also mixed in with my bad ideas, and then just acting yeah. like I'm a genius. That's my that's my that's my mo. You love doing that. I love doing it. It's nothing better. Um, I forgot to mention. Uh, make sure you sign up with for ESPN Plus with uh using InsideTheRink.com/ESPN. Um, lots of good local coverage. Watch your local Bally broadcasts. If you're like me, living away from the Detroit area, um, they also have their ESPN Plus broadcasts. Um, the Red Wings were on there last week. Yeah, definitely use that. Sign up for that. Um, make sure you support the pod. Follow our Twitter. Subscribe on Apple Pod. Leave a review. Uh, give us a five star if you if you like it. Or and if you don't, give us a five star. Just don't don't review it then. We're we're okay with that. We we like we like uh we don't like honesty here, that's for sure. Facts. That's gonna do it for this one. Uh, thank you everyone for listening.